more of the Pope on With? film. Nice. Um. So it's Act Three. That's what we're doing right now. It's the thing called Act Three. It's uh, yeah, it's Act Three. It's a thing. You might uh, you might notice. Hey, Steve is not uh, starting the movie discussion in the way that he normally does. Well, uh. Bunny rules were meant to be fucked. <laughs> I love this movie. Okay. Uh, three, Bunny! Act three! Act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to hitch up our horses and gallop along into the third and final act of the show. And for those of you not in the know, the third act is wherein we finally, in eventually, get around to discussing our all-new extra strength, all-organic, GMO-free, lightweight, durable, and available now on four LPs or three cassettes. So order now. Movie up! the week and this week we watch a film that somehow inexplicably does not star Nicolas Cage yes a movie that both came out in 2020 and also somehow miraculously represents 2020 Edge Frazier and one of the Punishers star in the 2020 film Money Plane Yes. And I, I I highly recommend the website theringer.com. They're just very good at writing long form stories, long form articles that you can read. They just wrote a really good detailed one about the making of kids in the brain candy. Yeah. Because it's the I think the 25th anniversary of the release of that film. So they wrote like a detailed look at the movie and there was a lot in there. And they also wrote last year, the oral history of money plane. Okay. And it's a really great look at uh, how this movie got made. Apparently they went to uh, Kelsey Grammer first, not expecting him to say yes. And he said yes, because he was the only one who's really saw this film for what it was. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to play a bad guy. I'm going to play a mustache twirling villain. That's great. I'm never, they never let me play those. Yeah. I'll say yes. That's going to be fun. And then they went to edge second and apparently the reason why Edge said okay to this was because they said we already signed Kelsey Grammer. And apparently a year before they went to Edge and said money plane, Edge's mom died and it really hurt him on a personal level and her favorite actor was Kelsey Grammer. So Edge said, I have to say yes to this movie because this is my dead mother sending me a message from heaven. Okay, can I, can I tell you? Okay. Why do you feel personally attacked by that, honey? You said his mother died and... He was having a hard time personally. Yeah. No shit. 
his mom died. Yeah. He had a hard time yeah. to get personal. Yeah. I kind of feel like you're attacking me. I wasn't attacking you. You are a rock. You are an <laughs> island. I got a rock. I got a rock. So what wars are you going to get into? I'm going to get into a war in Germany. I'm going to get into a war in Vietnam. What did you get, George Bush? I got a rock. <laughs> I'm glad that you knew where I was going with that. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, a movie. Okay. Two decades. Before we get into it, just an FYI, Edge the Wrestler retired from wrestling in 2011 due to severe neck problems. And he went into acting and he didn't have a The Rock career. Uh, he didn't even have a Batista career, but he didn't do horribly because he did star in the sci-fi channel series Haven. Well, he didn't star. He was in the sci-fi channel series Haven for a number of years. I think like six years. And then he starred in the Canadian he starred in a Canadian cop comedy show for two seasons and he was also a reoccurring character in the last couple of seasons of the show Vikings, which I remember people talking about. So he did have a career in acting. Yeah. Um, and when I talk about Edge, I'm talking about Money Plane star Adam Copeland. He, re he came back to the WWE in 2020, and in 2021, he won the Royal Rumble, and just a few, like two weeks ago, he main-evented WrestleMania 37. And I'm sorry, but... In my mind and in my heart, Adam Copeland came back to the WWE because Money Plane bombed so bad. I don't have <laughs> proof of that. I have zero proof of that. But in my mind and in my heart, he's once he did Money Plane, he went, fuck, what am I doing with my life? I have to start going through tables again. And it's like, God damn it, this movie sucks so bad. Maybe I can fall off of ladders a few more times. <laughs> so that's the way it went in my head. Now, before we, again, before we get into it, um, I would just like to read for a little bit from Money Plane's Wikipedia page. Um, under production, and I love this. <coughs> The project's low-budget and rushed schedule frequently required director Lawrence to improvise and to adjust shooting based on which sets were available. Quote, we were literally building the plane set while we were shooting. We picked corners of the set that were built and shot in those corners. We had to do that all the time, he said. And I think it's so adorable that the director of Money Plane thinks that we, the viewers, didn't already know that. Yes. 
Because that shit's obvious. Anywho, Money Plane. What can be said about this week's film that Adam Copeland hasn't already said while crying to his therapist? <laughs> Bunny, what are your thoughts on this week's film? It, again, is a solid meh. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But it's bad enough that it's worth some laughs. This is one of those films where uh, my older brother is a tyrant and uh, an asshole and piece of shit. But also, he's family, and if he showed up here tomorrow, then we'd have a bunch of beers and hang out and talk about the past and have a good time. And he'd be like, hey, let's watch a fucking movie. And i go, have you seen Money Plane? <laughs> and we'd just get drunk and a little bit high, and we'd watch Money Plane, and we'd have a fun time, because it's just the right amount of shit. This is a horrible movie, but it's a horrible movie that, like, it's it's like the anti-Snakes on a Plane, because Snakes on a Plane got so much hype that once it came out, everyone's like, oh, this is a piece of shit. But this is just a piece of shit that came out and is now earning hype because of how bad it is. Yes. Yes. It, like, it, the right, it's like if it's, they tried just a little harder across the board, you know? Yeah. This probably could have been a good movie. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Because no, every no, aspect it's, of it's, it failed. Just, it just, it's just below par. You know, it's like in right mind, under there, but it's everything. It's the fucking music. It's the screenplay. It's the acting. It's the camera work. It's, it's everything that is subpar. The music is so bad. It's like, what am I watching? Critters too? Mm-hmm. Am I watching Hobgoblins? That is, like, who scored this? John Rad? <laughs> like, it's got just random scenes of Money Plane and just added the opening love theme to uh, Dangerous Men. Then there wouldn't be that much of a difference. Oh, that was a fun movie. That was if a fun you, time. Oh, the fun time. If you think that the key to having a good plan A is having a good plan B, you suck at plan A's. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good plan A. You shouldn't have to go to your plan B. And then Edge is like, team, just remember, be alert, be prepared, be ready. And it's like, okay, that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> you, just, you just explained, you just took three times to explain one thing. Okay, <laughs> sure. Um, Bunny, this shouldn't be that hard, but can you explain the oh-so-intricate uh, plot of the film Money Plane for our viewers? Okay, so Edge is some kind of big-time thief, and he ha he yes. has to do this job for Kelsey Grammer, 
because Kelsey Grammer thought that the guy who wasn't good enough to steal a painting was the guy to choose to steal the money from the money plane. The much bigger job. So he hires Edge to steal yeah. the money from the, from the money plane because he failed to steal the painting for Kelsey Grammer previously. You much, figure yeah. it out. Okay, I'm, it should be apparent the problem's there. But anyway, uh, he does the job. We get to see that he has a family. Uh, he um, pulls his little team together. There's a shootout somewhere. And then they're on the money plane. The money plane is like a flying casino um, that nobody really shows up to because, like, there was no one there. It wasn't a casino. Uh, where you can bet yeah. on anything. And there was some very strange wagering, like a man against cobra, man against alligator, things like this. And yes. Texas Hold'em. So, uh... Yeah. And then they're going to rob the plane, and, and like... That's basically it. They, they they robbed the plane. Kelsey Kramer double-crossed them because he owned the painting the whole time or some strange shit like that. And what? They get to keep the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the intricate plot of money playing. A guy got it got so, to take a shoe to the eye. Yes, yes, yes. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> so this movie represents a lot to me. This movie came out summer twenty twenty. A summer which should have been dominated by James Bond, Ghostbusters, The Minions, Black Widow, Fast and the Furious, and more. They were gonna release a Bob's Burgers movie for shit's sake! <laughs> Instead, due to the ongoing coronavirus, we got The New Mutants, Borat 2, Electric Boogaloo, Meryl Streep rapping in the musical Prom, Tenet, uh, Artemis Fowl, and Edge and Frazier starring in Money Plane. And, and 2020 upset me because uh, uh, movie theaters opened up and they said, hey, come back to the movies. And it's like, yeah, I'll go back to the movies when there's shit to see. I'm not risking my life for Bill and Ted 3. Yes. No? Like, I'm not going to risk my life to see War with Grandpa or Vince Vaughn's teen horror comedy. Like, what movies are coming out? The, the quality, you are saying, come back to the movie theaters, but it's summer 2020, and the quality of the movies are absolute shit. And so that's what this film just represented to me. Like, I want to go back to movies, but uh, in my mind, 2020, movies are money play. Yes. This is just what movies 
signify to me. Like, call me when good shit comes out. So in my mind, yeah, Money Plane is just Hollywood in 2020. This is uh, a good look at the type of films that were that that ended up coming out. It, it, Hollywood in 2020 is Money Plane. Imagine if maybe you're just a little bitch. Yeah. To represent Republicans. Yeah. Hey, Ted Cruz, maybe you're just a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and so, I'm really uh, pretty convinced that Kelsey Grammer only did a day on this movie. Okay, because yeah, you're probably fifty percent of the movie he is alone on the phone. Yeah. And in yeah. other scenes where it's him and Edge. You don't see them in the same shot. <laughs> I think the first scene with him and Edge may be an exception. But other than that, you don't see Edge and Kelsey Grammer in the same shot together. Because they weren't yeah. there on the same day. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> they absolutely weren't there. Maybe maybe they met for the first time at the premiere, which I'm assuming was in room 18 of a La Quinta Inn on the side of the highway. Yes. Yeah. First off, Bunny, my new favorite name in the world is Darius Emmanuel Grouch Third. Yes. So move over, Fort Wayne Mayor Harry Balls. Yes. There's a new name in town. Darius Emanuel Graustas alias The Rumble, which is such a horrible name. It, it, rumble? The Rumble. Why the fuck? <laughs> the, <laughs> the, just the, the freaking Rumble. Secondly, yeah. Secondly, this film reminds me of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Because this film is very Woody in, in terms of what they're filming. Like, Edward had cardboard and a shower curtain and said, this is a plane. Yeah. And in Money Plane, like, hey, this nondescript empty warehouse is an art gallery. Mm-hmm. This nondescript completely empty abandoned warehouse with no art is a goddamn art gallery. Uh -huh. That is an Ed Wood cardboard tombstone level of fuckery. <laughs> Number one. Or is it and then like, oh hey, this very small room filled with blue curtains. This is a plane hanger. Yes. This is a terminal. This one table with green felt is a casino. Casino in the sky. Mm -hmm. So I feel that if Edward were alive today, he would have made Money Plane, but Joey Lawrence would have been a drag queen named Shirley, and Denise Richards would have been in a pink Angora sweater. Do we know that he's not? No. 
But okay. now we get to the important part of this uh, discussion. Number one, how does a man fuck a crocodile? Yes. And number Carefully. two, how, do, how does someone bet on a man fucking a crocodile? Yes. And discuss. I, I, I think it, you I, would either bet that he does or does not fuck the crocodile. You know, but like what constitutes fucking? Because I would be really pissed off if I laid my money down and you start playing this just to tip shit with me. You know? Yeah. I think for him to truly fuck the crocodile, there's got to be a money shot. Do you lose the bet if the man doesn't fuck the crocodile, the man and the crocodile make love? <laughs> We're Floridian for this. Yeah. We need Jason Mendoza here to help I, us out. I really don't feel like we're qualified enough for this because yeah. we don't live in Florida. Where's Pillboy? Pillboy will do it. Or Donkey Doug! <laughs> Donkey Doug! But this film. But basically, but basically, you go to a bar where crocodiles are known to hang out. You know? And Drunk you, you crocodiles. casually Drunk sit next to. A, a, a rather attractive crocodile. Uh, you ask the crocodile its sign, and at the first there. opportunity, you roofie the crocodile's drink. Well, hello. Yeah. Aren't you an attractive crocodile? <laughs> Let me buy you a drink. It's been are a you, wild crocodile. Are you, uh... Is my name Captain Hook? Because you just took my hand. Have you heard about Scientology? You make my... Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Such an opportunity. Is my name Captain Hook? Because I'm hearing a heart tick. And they never did a guy fucking a crocodile. I mean, fighting a crocodile, yeah, but not fucking a crocodile. I mean, that would have been entertaining. You drop a line like that and not show us any crocodile fucking? That's the thing is that this seems to be a grindhouse movie without balls. Yes. There's no nudity in this entire film. I was shocked by that. So you mean to tell me you got freaking Edge and Frasier to star in a movie called Money Plane? You're not showing boobs or any gore or anything? Like, that was surprising. Yeah. That, that was downright surprising. But uh, this film was written and directed by Andrew Lawrence, and he is the younger brother of Joey, actor Joey Lawrence, yeah. who was uh, who was one of the stars of the TV show Blossom. He was the one that would go whoa, whoa. Yes. Yeah. So 
So Andrew Lawrence added all of his brothers into the film. All three of them are in this. So Joey Lawrence plays the concierge who somehow inexplicably cannot pronounce the actual word concierge. (laughs) And then... And then Matt Lawrence plays the cowboy. Originally, they wanted Tom Arnold, but he couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts, which surprises me that somehow Tom Arnold has a schedule that can conflict. But uh, so at the last second, they just got Matt Lawrence to play the cowboy. And then the director is Iggy, the (laughs) member of Edge's crew. So, uh, it was director Andrew Lawrence's directorial debut. Not that we should be surprised. Yeah. Um, the best part about this film, well, and I have said gonna, this numerous times. If we're going to consider times, it's the dude's first movies, then, then I might have to give him some props on that. For first Yeah, movie. like, this is one of those Francis films Ford Coppola like, did Dementia 13, it, Okay. Yeah, it's it's like it's like yeah, all of those grindhouse horror movies from the fifties and sixties and seventies that we make fun of today were basically like student films that we're now ripping on. Yeah. It's like a bunch of kids out of college got some money together and made this movie and now we're laughing at it, sort of a thing. So so yeah, this was his first film and you know, you don't necessarily see Kelsey Grammer's character die. I'd go for Money Plane 2, Money Planier. <laughs> uh, money Plane 2, Mo Money, Mo Planes. How, how Darius Emmanuel Grouch III got his groove back. Yes. I'd be fine with that. But yeah, you don't and, have you don't have money. You don't have a, a budget or anything like that. This is the time where yeah. you need to start getting inventive, and they really didn't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that Edge spending a good portion of this movie in a cockpit flying a plane was something akin to Vampira saying, what if I don't have any lines? I'll play the, the part mute. <laughs> that Edge is like, okay, um, how about I just hide in the cockpit and miss all of this? <laughs> so, I've said this about numerous films that we've covered on the podcast before, but the best part about this film is that it's less than an hour and a half long. Yes. It's it's like 20 minutes shy of being a Dumbo. Mhm. So, I mean, that... you can't you can't find any cheap casino ch- sound effects? I bet no. I could. You know? Not at all. And the use thing some extreme we... depth of field, have extras walk back and forth. In the background, so it looks like there's a fucking crowd here. Something. There's only like, there's only like five people on that whole freaking train, and then one of them, 
And then Edge disappears, retires to his suite or whatever. And it's like, so no one's going to even question the fact that one of the most prolific criminals in America, in the planet, just disappeared. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna bother <laughs> that. No one's gonna think about that. And then the black guy who's playing McGillicuddy, and it's like, oh, racial humor. That's hilarious. Um, he has sitcom feast. Yeah. He had the facial gestures of an actor on a Disney live-action sitcom for children. And it's really upsetting because he's supposed to be this criminal, but he's there watching everything happen, and he's going, and I apologize if you're listening to this on SoundCloud because this is more of a visual thing, but his face is doing this. He's got sitcom face and it pisses me off because it's like, oh, you're being incredibly freaking sus right now. You're supposed to be a freaking criminal. Yes. Act like a criminal. But the one bad part about this movie is um, (coughs) at least... Darius Emanuel Sideshow Bob the Third is having fun cussing and twirling his mustache and chewing the scenery. And it rem- his performance reminds me of Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage treats bad movies seriously, which is why so many of his movies are fun. I'm talking about you, Willy's Wonderland. But um, Edge... Adam Copeland, the star of the film, he is such an incredible wrestler with a microphone, and he's amazing. He is an electrifying performer, but he looks bored as fuck in this goddamn movie. Yes, he does. It is... Adam Copeland looks like he knows this is the worst movie ever. And so in every scene that he is in in this film, he looks like, okay, I'm going to finish this shot. And then afterwards, I'm going to go back to my trailer and fucking kill myself. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my God. like, Like, he knows he's in a bad movie and he fucking hates it. Kelsey Grammer knows he's in a bad movie and he fucking loves it. And just Edge is such a fucking like sour grumpy such a sourpuss. Such a grumpy douche in this movie. It's like god damn it have some fun. The one woman, the woman on his team she looked like she was having some fun with this shit. Also, um, it took a while for me to realize that uh, one of the people in this movie was one of the Punishers. Oh, really? Yeah. It took me a while to realize, holy shit, that's Thomas Jane. Really? He was the fucking Punisher. He's gone downhill, poor ass guy. Now starring in fucking Money Plane. (laughs) <laughs> he was the he 
guy taking a, keeping an eye on the house and flying the deadly drone while drinking and playing a video game with Edge's daughter. Yeah, that was the Punisher. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that was sad. But this movie has some moments. The Russian roulette scene was very funny. Like, I can't lose. <laughs> I can't Wow. Like, that was funny. And I liked the never-ending cockpit fight. Yeah. It's like, phew, I defeated him. And then you just see him get up in the background. It reminded me of... I think it was Kentucky Fried Movie. Is that the film that has the, like, pitch-perfect Enter the Dragon parody? Yeah. Yeah, and he keeps knocking down the bad guy, and he keeps getting up, and eventually you just see him mouth, what the fuck? Yeah. Because he keeps getting up during the fight. Yeah. Plus, another really good positive about the movie Money Plane is that Denise Richards got, like, second billing, but thankfully, she's barely in this fucking movie. Hooray! Oh, but, but I, I love... I love how bad she's looking. Man. She didn't look the best. Age is real. Oh, good. Good for you. Good for you. The Reaper is just hanging over your shoulder right now. You're starting the Botox early, but it's still a losing fucking battle. You look at Denise Richards in this movie and you make the same sour face that you make when you see modern-day Kristen Dunst, and you go, oh, good for you to stay working. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I believe this is her did third or fourth appearance on the podcast because we did Drop Dead Gorgeous. Denise Williams is great in that because she's playing a horrible person. Yeah. And then we did um, Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. Which was amazing. And, we and now did do Starship Troopers, too. Oh, we did. Oh, this is her fourth appearance on the podcast. Oh, good for Denise Richards. Good for you. Yes. Uh, so that's all I've got for Money Plane, I, and I can't stress it enough. There's a wonderful article on theringer.com, the oral history of Money Plane. <clears throat> they interview uh, Edge, and they interview Kelsey Grammer, and they interview all of the Lawrences and the producer, and it's just a fun look at just... Like, they knew this movie was bad. They didn't have a budget. They were trying their best. And, like, this is a fun movie to riff on. This is just a fun, dumb movie. This is a horrible movie, but it's a fun, horrible movie. And I had a lot of fun with it. Yes. Now, uh, I don't know what we are going to do for our 300th episode, but I do know that I just want from here until now to just have movies that are fun. We've watched some pretty bad movies recently. Um, yes, we but we some... also watched Barb and Star. And that makes up yeah. for a lot. They just hired uh, the both of them, Kristen Wiig and Anne Mumlow, who starred as Barb and Star and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Disney just hired them to write the script 
for a live action version of Cinderella that will focus on the ugly stepsisters. They're all, right now, they're only writing the script, but I just hope to God that they also star in it. Just get Barb and Star and put them in the dresses from Cinderella and airdrop them into the movie Cinderella. I would pay so much to go see that. Yes. Because you don't even you don't even need to change their voices. Just keep Barb and Star as the wicked stepsisters. I am fine with that. I would like to see Barb and Star seem to take the same kind of machete arc, you know, um, like Star next space. Like next, Barb and Star get it get involved in an international drug cartel, and then yes, and Barb and Star in space. Okay, Barb and Star get caught up in an international drug cartel, but we go the Shaft route. Barb and Star in Africa. That that that's good for me. Yeah, that's a decent idea, but just. Even keep the same voices. Just oh, yeah. Like, uh, Cinderella, keep, uh, why don't you keep uh, scrubbing the floors? Uh, we're going to go and ride the banana boat ride. I hear it's a real tit flapper. <laughs> like, I'd be absolutely fine with that. But anyway, I want from here until, until the 300th episode to just try and be uh, good movies, positive movies, fun movies. And so next week for the podcast, we are doing a new film, what many people are calling the next John Wick, the action film Nobody, okay. starring Bob Odenkirk. Okay. It's already on. It's already on our shared cough cough. It's uh, 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 a suburban man who uh, was robbed by some criminals, and he is uh, he didn't fight back. And eventually, you learn he didn't fight back because he lived a secret life a long time ago as someone who did very bad things and now he's being pushed it's basically a suburban older man John Wick and I am all for it because uh, it it was weird when uh, Liam Neeson became an action star to me Yes, it was like Liam Neeson is now like a gun toting action star okay that's weird. There won't be one as weird as that. No, there is, and it's fucking one half of Mr. Show being a rugged <laughs> action star. I am shocked by this, but I hear it's really good. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on our shared cough cough. We're discussing it next week. Next week, we're doing Nobody. Plus, I have also written what I feel to be some really great musical bits. Really? For next not music, but just we'll be talking a lot about music and I'm really proud of it, but that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, oh, the fun we have had. Joey Lawrence, Darius Emanuel Grouch Third, um, David Ayers, the goalie, Matt Gates, Cher, in, and the Cher-mobile. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast, if I do say so myself. I think it's been a 
damn good episode of the podcast. You know, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because I feel you're the one who does that rating, gives it that distinction, and I didn't want to upset you, cross over your boundaries, because I respect you and I respect your boundaries as an individual. But yes, I what I'm trying to say is I concur your assessment good sir so until next week I am Bunny Williams and I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else on this podcast I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathens and you neckties neckties nice way to tie it back way to tie it back you really, uh, you, you really, you know, tied the whole room together. Do 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 do